0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Field and Garden Podcast. I'm Jesse from The Gardener's Workshop. Today's episode features a takeover of our popular weekly live Q&A session on Instagram called Ask a Flower Farmer. This one was hosted by Daniel Shavey of Petal Pickers Flower Co. in Greenville, South Carolina. Daniel is a seventh year flower farmer and an alumnus of most of The Gardener's Workshop's online courses as well. Here, Daniel answers a broad range of questions on topics such as peony care and harvesting, high tunnel growing, dahlia irrigation, ranunculus tips, and dry storing daffodils. So listen in, and I hope you enjoy.
1: First, a word about the Field and Garden Podcast. The Field and Garden Podcast is a part of the Gardener's Workshop. The Gardener's Workshop has been telling the stories and how to's of growing, selling, and helping others to pursue their flower growing dreams for over 25 years. What began as one gardening enthusiast sharing her passion has grown into so much more. Over at thegardenersworkshop.com find in print with our blogs and books and through our podcasts and videos and courses. And we have a shop full of the same tools, seeds and supplies that you hear mentioned on our podcast. You can connect with all of these resources over at thegardenersworkshop.com. I hope you'll take some time to explore all we have for you. Welcome to the Field and Garden podcast. Hey
2: everyone, it's Daniel with Petal Pickers. We're gonna give everyone just a minute to jump on, but I'm taking over for Lisa today for the Gardener's Workshop Farm, Ask a Flower Farmer Live. I'm here on my farm in South Carolina. We're zone 8A in S- South Carolina. We're in the upstate, so on a map, we're directly in between Atlanta and Charlotte and I'm standing in my peony field because right now we are on peony watch. We're harvesting peonies every day and they're, we're just so excited. They're coming up and we're going to harvest them all. We're going to store them in our coolers until mother's day. And so that's when we sell all of our peonies here growing in the field. So it's been a beautiful week here on our farm. We've had perfect weather. So we're, starting to get the irrigation hooked up on our cool flowers and everything around the farm because the ground's drying out. Um, Earlier this week I started prepping the ground for our dahlias. So if you don't know about our farm we kind of have started to focus and specialize in certain crops and um, we just got through tulips and ranunculus. We actually still have a little bit of ranunculus blooming in our high tunnel. And now we have moved on to peonies and we're already thinking about planting our dahlias. So dahlias are one of our main crops here on the farm. They kind of carry us through from the end of summer all the way until our first frost, usually at the end of October. And if you are interested in growing dahlias along with us this year, you can head over to our website, petalpickers.com. We still have some really good varieties available there, so make sure you check that out. All right, I see some questions are starting to roll in, so we're gonna go ahead and start with those. The first question is, what's the secret to growing ranunculus? I've tried several corms several times, no luck, and in upstate South Carolina, well, that's where we are. Ranunculus can be tricky. So I actually grew it. I tried twice and failed and I grew those out in the open in our field And then our third time was a charm I Purchased a high tunnel and they did really well under there So it does depend on where you live across the country for growing ranunculus What I always try to do whenever I'm trying a new plant is I look up where it naturally grows so ranunculus comes from the mediterranean climate where they are really dry i think during summers they're hot and dry and then in the winters they're cool and wet and so that's what we try to provide here when we're growing ranunculus the trick with them is they're just not used to having wet feet the wet soil if it stays wet too long it can rot your corms so you have to give them excellent drainage Uh, Raised beds are a great way to grow ranunculus if you don't have a high tunnel, but you're going to want to add some kind of plastic covering over your ranunculus to really mitigate any loss from rot. So in South Carolina, we have found that high tunnels really um, help us to provide, provide that environment very easily and like I said, try to cover it with something because in South Carolina we have wet winters. So that's when we have a lot of rain and the ground just does not dry out. Hope that helps. All right, next question. How to prevent powdery mildew. Last year, one of your bushes was so bad infected. I'm not sure what plant you're talking about, but in general, powdery mildew is very common, um, especially here in the humid south. We deal with it on many different crops. Zinnias come first to mind. Um, the way, there's a couple ways you can go about it. Um, we usually do not spray anything on our zinnias. Because what we do with those is we just succession plant them. So that means that we plant fresh Zinnia seeds about once a month here on our farm. And we already have our first round growing. It's about time for us to start round two. And those crops are going to get powdery mildew. It's going to totally cover the plants of all the Zinnias. And right when it starts to get bad, we're just going to mow that crop down. And then our second succession should be blooming. Um, by the time we mow the first one down so that way we continuously all summer have fresh zinnias. We also get powdery mildew pretty bad on some varieties of our dahlias and that is something that I like to treat Because we're in it for the long haul with dahlias. We plant them in early summer and then We're s- not stuck with them. We love them, but they are here all the way until our frost date So we do wanna treat that. Um, I have used horticultural oil and I've sprayed my plants with that. If you're using that, you wanna make sure you spray it on your plants at night or in the evening when the sun's not hitting them because it can burn or fry your plants. Um, Just like if you were laying in the sun with oil all over you, it would fry you too. So that's one way, that's kind of a preventative, that's not gonna cure powdery mildew once you have it. There's fungicides that you can choose to use if you want to go that route. Mills Stop is one that specifically targets powdery mildew. And so you can apply that to your plants. Um, and then we've had good luck with Xerotol, which is um, certified organic. It's a hydrogen peroxide based product. And Also, you would not want to apply that during the middle of the day you Usually don't want to apply anything to your plants during the middle of the day if the Sun is shining on them So just right before the Sun goes down or first thing in the morning is a good time a to apply All right, next question my three favorite dahlias. This is from Wesley That's my husband if you want to follow him at farm shenanigans you can see more about um, the other businesses that we run and he has remodeled our house and does a lot uh, with interior design and home decor. So check him out. My top three favorite dahlias right now are Jowie Winnie. That is a coral ball shaped dahlia. It just produces nice tall sturdy stems and it is beautiful. I've never had enough of it. Peaches and cream is number two. It's also gorgeous because it can be used in wedding work. It's just like the name peaches and cream. There's an orange undertone, but it's kind of a blush color and it's super productive. That is one of our most productive dahlias that we grow on our farm. And it's also an early bloomer. So if you take cuttings of it and plant those out, peaches and cream will be one of the first dahlias to bloom on your farm or in your yard during the summer. And so that's just a great one. It's tubers store well over winter. There's a lot of great attributes when thinking of the best. And then Blizzard is my number one. It is a white ball dahlia, and it's just, again, very productive. You get tons of tubers off of it when you dig it up in the winter and divide it. So you can just have start with a couple tubers of Blizzard, and after a season or two, you're going to be giving them away to your friends or selling your Dahlia tubers if you choose to go that route. So next question, my peony roots were planted in the fall and they're just peeking through the soil zone three B. Should I start watering them? My last frost date is May 21st. Okay. So peonies, I don't know anything about zone B. I've never even visited anywhere that is zone B, so I'm clueless, but it makes sense. I'm sure your season's gonna follow through ours. Right now, you may still have snow on the ground or it may have just melted and your ground is gonna be very saturated. Your peonies really don't need water until it starts to get warm and your ground completely dries out. So if you did just plant them last fall, That is something you wanna be thinking about and you wanna go in and get a plan for how you're gonna irrigate them or if it's just one or two plants, make sure you're gonna be watering them during the summer when it really heats up. And for us, I'm thinking like in the 80s, when you get to that point, start checking on your peony plant. Um, But right now, I'm pretty sure it doesn't need any water in Zone 3B, so... um, But make sure it's very important the first year when you're getting your peony roots established that they have adequate water. It's very easy when they're not blooming, you're kind of done with peonies. Honestly, like we just turn our heads and never even look at this hill that's right behind me again until winter. And when we come to clean them up, so make sure you get irrigation on them and you'll be in good shape. Peonies are very hardy, so it's going to be hard to kill it unless you just totally neglect it. All right, next question once your ranunculus is out of your hoop have you ever planted dahlias in your hoop what else you plant in your hoop so we sourced all of our high tunnels if i turn you can see them we have a row of five right there and then if we keep going we have five more there they're all a hundred feet long farmer's friend high tunnels and that um, company who we've sourced all them from those have worked very well for us. We don't get really strong wind. We don't get a lot of snow. Um, It's actually snowed every year that I can remember up in winter, up until this year, I did not see a single snowflake um, at all. And I think the only place I saw it was over Christmas in Memphis, Tennessee, but it wasn't actively snowing. It had snowed before we got there. So anyways, (laughs) you know, I'm from the South. I love to see a good snow um okay so we have planted dahlias in our hoop house before i don't need to do that is kind of what i determined i planted probably five or six hundred feet worth of dahlias in our high tunnels and it made them get really tall then we had a tropical storm blow blow through in September October and even though they were netted it just made a mess with the strong winds because the stems were thinner and the plants were so tall um, so I didn't like that we also had an outbreak of a bug that was very hard for me to kill I started just spraying not anything I was looking at different chemicals and reading the label but it's like it said it would kill it and then it just would not die I think the infestation was that bad and so that was another concern whenever you're put, enclosing something somewhere and you have an outbreak of a pest it is a lot harder to manage it sometimes or it can be and I Couldn't use tractor implements to dig up those dahlias so we have a potato digger that we Use to dig up all of our dahlia tubers at the end of the season and in the field That's very easy for me to do and in a high tunnel. We still had to dig them all by hand so I didn't like that aspect either. Um, we had powdery mildew that can be a big issue if growing in a tunnel with dahlias. And I think we just kept treating that and we kind of held it back. Um, but I think that's all the issues I saw. Um, I think that's going to be uh, more determined in your climate. So if you're in a colder climate and you you might want to plant them in a high tunnel, you're probably not going to have as high as humidity. and They might end up doing really well for you. Also, high tunnels are easy to order a shade cloth and put on top of. So if you need to add a little bit of shade, if you're in a very hot climate, you may consider doing that for your dahlias as well. Um, But we found we don't need them. I don't even use shade cloth on any of our dahlias. And the trick I have found to growing the best dahlias is that nobody waters them in the summer like they really want to be watered so the way we have learned to irrigate our dahlias is to turn on our drip tape irrigation at the end of the day and we let it run overnight for at least 12 hours per field and we just absolutely drench our dahlia field with water and we will do that a couple times a week if necessary it just depends if we're getting any rain or not all right next question um what let me answer the last one real quick too. What all do we grow in our high tunnels? We grow anemones, and geranium, Celosia. We've done dahlias, didn't really care for that. We have Lisianthus in there, Ranunculus, Butterfly Ranunculus, Delphinium, Eucalyptus, um, Snapdragons, Aurelia was new for us this year. They did very, very well in a high tunnel and it made it so much more productive and it's twice as tall and uh, most things do better in a high tunnel. So especially the cool uh, annuals over winter. All right, next question, zone four, five in Vermont. Can I transplant my butterfly ranunculus into the ground now, or do I need to wait until it's warmer? I heard butterfly ranunculus are not as hardy as regular ranunculus. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. We do grow butterfly ranunculus, but like I said before, zone four and five, I'm not sure I've even visited those places and so that's a totally different climate. We fall plant our butterfly ranunculus and it hangs out in our high tunnels with the sides open all throughout winter unless we're getting really cold. This last winter during Christmas, we did get the cold blast. We didn't get any snow, but our farm got down to six degrees last winter and that is the coldest in the last eight years that it's gotten. Um, in the summertime we can get up to a hundred. Um, usually we hang out around 90 degrees for a large portion of the portion of the summer. Um, but should you transplant your butterfly ranunculus? I just think that, um, you need to look at your forecast and see how cold you're going to get. If you're going to get below like 28, um, you may want to have a game plan as far as like putting agribon or frost cloth to cover your, butterfly ranunculus, because uh, it really doesn't like it down in the mid to lower 20s. So I hope that helps. It also determines, not determines, but it depends on how large your ranunculus or butterfly ranunculus is. If it's a larger plant, it's not going to be able to handle the cold as much as a smaller plant would. So hopefully that helps. All right. Your ranunculus are coming up small and deformed. I know it could be a few reasons, but I'm leaning towards malnutrition. What can I do this late stage to get them, this is the last effort to get them going? Okay, the first thing I would ask you is, are you watering your ranunculus enough? You, it's a fine line. You do not wanna overwater them, but if they are struggling and you know that the soil maybe has been really dry in there, you may want to really go and give your ranunculus a good drink. Um, I know I underwatered a crop of ranunculus and it was delayed by blooming about two weeks and it's about half the height of the rest of my ranunculus that we had this season. So even I experienced that, but I know for sure 100% that was caused because I did not water them enough. Um, if you're trying to give it some fertilizer, you can, um, you don't want to do anything granular at this point. I would spray something directly on the plants. So if you want to do an organic, um, fertilizer, that's your choice. You could use fish emulsion or kelp to give it some nitrogen. And if you wanted to use a synthetic, um, I would just start with 10 10 10 which is like a basic fertilizer and just see where that gets you Maybe some miracle Grow that you can buy real quick and then water on top of your ranunculus, but that's what I would try first All right Next question. What are your favorite woodies for foliage? So actually this is something I need to work on on my farm I do a lot of bulbs and perennials and annuals and I have a section that I finally decided, this is year seven for me growing um, on our farm. I purchased the farm eight years ago and then I kind of waited a year and rehabbed the farm and then we've been growing for seven years. I'm just now still figuring out key parts of my farm. We're growing on eight acres, so that was a lot of space for me to fill up and now I'm kind of filling in the holes that we have So nine bark is an excellent one that everyone grows. I have a small patch of nine bark and I like that. Iliagnus is something that grows in our climate. I'm not sure where you live, but that's an excellent foliage. Um, I've put in a lot of perennials, which is not a woody, but we love to grow Solomon seal and that's coming up right now. So that is an amazing Foliage, addition to all of our bouquets in early spring when we still have stuff like ranunculus and peonies. And eucalyptus is what we grow a lot of on our farm. So eucalyptus is going to not be ready this time of year unless it's successfully overwintered. So you may have to wait until like July, August, September, before your eucalyptus is ready to be harvested. So it's good to have a balance between stuff you can use in early spring and stuff you can use later in the season. Next question, how do you cut peonies so that they produce more the following year? All right, so this is something that there's a lot of information going around. When you plant a brand new peony, you wanna put it in the ground, and let it come up and you want to cut off any buds that it produces the first year just cut off a little inch the bud that's it let the rest of the leaves and everything remain on the plant because that's how it's going to get energy to grow its root system so that the following year you have a larger plant well that's year one and two so then at year three you're going to have an established peony plant and it's going to be big and beautiful and you're going to finally have like five stems per plant that you um, would be able to see bloom out. And the trick is to only cut the length of a peony stem to what you're going to use in either if you're making bouquets or if you're selling to florists or wholesalers, like there's a standard size. And I think sometimes people get excited and just cut the whole stem all the way down to the ground. They don't leave any of the extra leaves on the plant for uh, it to produce more energy and a bigger root system for the following year. So the trick is just cut what you need. And if you continuously do that every year, you will see that your plants are getting bigger and bigger. I've heard other people, other growers, especially I listen to people in the um, Alaska Growers Association for peonies. I think Wanda is Fox Hollow peonies. I like to follow her. On Instagram too and I know that she's taken a lot of Lisa's courses with the gardeners workshop farm but she has great tips about growing peonies I just saw some in her stories the other day and I think you want to leave like maybe a third of your peonies on the like plant so you don't want to cut every flower on your plant um, every season although I'm gonna tell you I cut every flower I can I'm so greedy when it comes to peonies and so maybe my peonies could be bigger if I didn't do that, but I don't know the difference, right? Because I have what I have and I just, the peonies are so pretty, I can't leave them on the plant. So next question, what temp do you hold your peonies at? Do you wrap them in anything? Yes. So like I said, we've I've been cutting peonies now for over a week. Um, I probably have like a thousand stems in my cooler And what we're actually going to do this afternoon after this live is I'm going to have the employees um, Start wrapping them and sorting them by variety. So we're going to store them in a bulb crate We're going to line the bulb crate with landscape fabric and that just kind of prevents like the fans and the cooler from drying out the peonies too much and then we're gonna like roll them up into bunches that will fit inside of a piece of craft paper. And that is as simple as we do it. I see people who do it more professionally than me, wrapping them in like in insulation or wool, or I think it's one of those things that you just do what works for you and that's the best way. I've always, for five years, wrapped our peonies in simple craft paper or newspaper would be great if you still get the newspaper and put them in the bulb crate. And then we have a little extra landscape fabric. Um, When we line the crate, we have extra so that we can kind of cover the top of the crate. And then we just stack them in the cooler like that. And it has seemed to work great. We sell all of our peonies for Mother's Day. And so we're holding them sometimes anywhere up to four weeks, and we haven't had any issues with that. I think if you are planning on storing your peonies longer than four weeks, you would want to maybe perfect the system a little bit better than how we use it. But if you're just selling them on a weekly basis and really moving through them pretty fast, um, I think you can get away with less. So we keep our cooler as cold as we can at 30 435 degrees and that seems to keep the peonies really from opening up too much All right, any tips on growing dahlias in the low country? Um, Okay, it is kind of funny, right and I'm sure a lot of states are like this But South Carolina is kind of divided between two different climates We're coastal and then we're the upstate and our farms located in the upstate right below the Appalachian Mountains And so we're cooler in the evenings that really helps our dahlias kind of hang through summer here on our farm versus I know a lot of my grower friends down at the coast just it is tough for them to grow dahlias through summer like they are really struggling because sometimes their nighttime temperatures will be around 80 degrees at night and then here in the upstate our nighttime temperatures are like around 69 or 70 degrees. So. What are some tips? I think you're gonna have to adjust your growing season just a little bit. I know currently right now there is a farm in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, right outside of there, and they have dahlias blooming. So they plant theirs very early in the season. They probably give it some protection. I'm not sure if it's in a high tunnel or a greenhouse where they can protect them from freezing, but that could be a good way. I also see people in Houston, Texas, some of these really hot climates that just get pounded during the summer with the heat. Um, Their their season looks very different than the rest of the country as far as growing dahlias. So the good thing is dahlias grow really well in a sandy soil. Um, They love the good drainage, so that is a benefit to growing in the low country. All right, next question. Do peonies bloom their first year yes they can bloom and sometimes they don't so just a couple days ago on my instagram i was showing you we planted 900 new peony roots that just like a month ago i think um we had held them in our coolers because the ground wasn't ready for us to properly plant them and then we finally got them planted and i already see buds coming up on some of them and some of them i don't it doesn't really matter your first year you're going to want to cut those buds off if you can if you can stand to do it it's just gonna make your plant that much better next spring if you need to see them bloom maybe let a couple of them bloom and then cut the buds off the rest of them but yep just seeing one bud i would even consider yourself lucky on the first season it's going to get a lot better the next year and then by year three you're gonna be very very happy that you planted them and i think they're worth the wait All right, what do you look for when harvesting parrot tulips? I've heard they need to be further along before harvesting. Yeah, I let let the buds swell up so that I can see color, and the second you see them cracking open, then I think for your first few times growing them, that's a good time for you to harvest because you know they're going to open at that point. Um, what I learned this season, we grew a lot of parrot tulips and I love them so much and it may depend on variety. We grew cabana and apricot parrot and, um, I started harvesting them as I was going along a little bit tighter and tighter, like through our season, we had tulips for six or seven weeks this year. It was a long season for us because we went big on them and I think you'll be surprised, on tulips like if they're more single like that you can kind of harvest them a little bit earlier if you have a double or peony style tulip you're gonna want to wait till that shows a lot of color and almost looks like it's cracking open before you harvest it so hopefully that's a good tip see once seedlings have been planted in the garden when do you begin to give them some foliage fertilizer and how often well, what we do on our farm, because we grow so many things, I really don't have time to pay attention to that, to everything we're putting in the ground. Like, hey, we just planted this. It's going to need fertilizer at this set time or this. Like, I don't keep up with that. So I amend our soil with granular organic fertilizer when we are prepping our beds. So that's before anything's planted in there. We've already amended with like a chicken ba- chicken litter-based Organic fertilizer or there's probably many different products that you could use and That way just from the rain it kind of mixes it into the soil And then when we go to plant and our plants grow roots down through the soil They're able to gain nutrients and we don't go back like we could um, And add a lot of extra fertilizer. I just find that most things really don't need it. So I know that doesn't answer your question, but just think about putting down a fertilizer before you plant and then you won't have to worry so much like when to get stuff on a schedule. Outside of that, if you really wanted to get on a schedule with a certain crop or your small enough scale that you can focus on that, you know, I would say like every week up until stuff starts to bloom, I find out most flowers... Once you see the bloom starting to form and come, I usually cut off the fertilizer because you don't want the plant to grow more vegetatively than it should be or um, or grow so fast that the stems get thin. That can happen on some flowers. So once I start to see buds on a flower, I usually stop fertilizing it besides what it can just naturally access in our soil. Next question, how do you store daffodils? So we. Dry stored daffodils this year in our coolers for a month and it worked. So the Key to this is the harvest time the harvest stage of the daffodil So it's called gooseneck stage and it's like the bloom kind of like turns its head from up to crooked like that and it's gonna be a swollen bud and if you pick the daffodil at that time going to be able to hold it dry Um, we just put them in buckets i think most things when you dry store them in the cooler you want to have them laid horizontally like in a bulb crate or something would be good and then once you need it you just pull it out recut the ends put it in water and the flowers will open up You do lose vase life the longer you hold things in the cooler. So we were doing testing with our daffodils this year, and we held them dry in our cooler for four weeks. It was a full 30 days. And when we went to pull them out and put them in water, they lasted like three and a half to four days. It was a pretty good amount of time for especially a daffodil, right? They don't last too awfully long to begin with. One thing you'll notice is when they start to go after being held like that in a cooler, they go quick. So it was like day versus or night versus day. Um, I think we went home one day from work and the flowers looked good in the vase. And when we came back to work the next morning, they were like dead brown and crispy. So you have to be careful with stuff like that because if you're selling them for an event or a wedding, You cannot have the flowers dying like that on a Saturday for a wedding. Your florist will probably never buy from you. Again, um, we keep all of our spring flowers in our coolers at like 35 to 37 degrees, even dry stored daffodils. But again, I started growing flowers in 2017 and... Uh, I found Lisa Mason Ziegler in the Gardener's Workshop Farm really early on. Thank goodness, because I used to watch Lisa on Facebook and just learn tips and tricks and kind of get a sense of like what's supposed to be going on during a year, a whole season on a flower farm. And then she launched her online courses. And I have benefited so much from all of the different courses that she offers. I'm not just saying that I have taken... Almost all of them, and they're all so good. She just released, you know, we used to have to wait to sign up for a course, but she just released her course on demand on the gardenersworkshopfarm.com, and if you want to learn the basics the whole season, how to start a flower farming business, what you need to do as far as paperwork to become a legal business entity, and then the tools and supplies and the certain varieties of seeds that you need, all that good stuff I learned from taking the online course, the beginning basics with Lisa Ziegler. So definitely check that out. Now that it's on demand, you can literally get off of the Instagram live right now and go sign up and start learning how to do and how to be a flower farmer just like I am. And maybe in seven years, (laughs) you'll be standing in front of a peony field just like I am. Um, I had no idea where this was gonna take me, uh, the direction that we were gonna go in. And as I started growing flowers and just saw more and more people locally, um, other florists and for event florists for weddings and the wholesalers, like they all want our product and I've never been able to grow enough so there's definitely room for more people to be growing flowers even in our area i think we have over 30 flower farms now and i'm continuously amazed at just how much people want the local flowers that we're growing they're just so special all right i do have another question where do you do you grow roses and do we grow gardenias and we don't grow either one of those i'm not sure gardenias smell amazing um but they probably don't have that Um, Long of a base life and so it may just not make for a good cut flower and then roses We choose not to grow roses here on the farm just because of all the chemicals we feel we would need to spray on them to make What people um, Envision is the perfect rose. So when you go to the grocery store when you look at imported roses those have been bred and grown in South America and they may be sprayed with tons of chemicals to Um, look as perfect as they are, and that's just not something that we really want to get into or focus on, and so that's why we don't grow roses. Um, In our area, humidity can cause a lot of issues with certain plants, and so part of everyone's flower farm being just a little different is learning what's going to grow best in your climate or on your farm, and there may be stuff that you really want to grow, like roses, and you may just come to find out that it's not worth your time to do that if you want to become a financially viable and successful business. I see one more, um, one comment about Iliagnus autumn olive is an invasive perennial and should not be grown. Well, we planted a um, hybridized variety and I'm not sure, it may be sterile, it may not be. I have plants. I have a little hedgerow of it and the florists want it like crazy. So I think we all have to make our educated decisions and I choose to grow it. So that's what I do and I don't apologize for growing it. I sit on the middle of the fence of a lot of stuff. I know some plants can get people upset and sometimes they just don't have all the information or they read something online and run with it. And I just think um, we're all different and we can all be friends. What's your favorite way to stake flower support netting? So we use netting definitely to support right now. We're supporting our snapdragons and Campanula. Campanula is starting to shoot up here on our farm. It's not blooming yet though. And so we use like the green T post that We hammer down into the ground, and they have little ridges all the way down the post that we can easily slide the netting on and off. The problem is the price of those metal T-posts has increased like five times since I've started flower farming. They used to be like $1.99, and now I'm pretty sure they're like 5 or $6 a piece. So um, we'll, you know, if I need, right now we have enough to do what we need to do with them, but... I uh, see a lot of people use uh, maybe tomato steaks or wooden steaks, and I think a lot of people use different things. There's fiberglass po- posts that you can use also. You have to check that out, but we use metal T-posts that we just buy at our local feed seeds or box stores. All right, and last question. If you cut daffodils when they bloom, is it possible to keep them in a cooler and rehydrate them if they just opened? This is a great question that I did not explain. Is it even not worth trying? It is not worth trying. You have to harvest your daffodils at the gooseneck stage when it's still a closed bud. If the flower has opened, it's too late to dry store them. You can still cut them and put them in water and store that in your cooler for a couple days. but. Once the daffodil's been opened, I would not try to hold it longer than a few days because it's just not gonna hold up that much longer. So that's been our experience. And thanks again for everyone being here. If you wanna follow along with me um, and our farm, follow us on Instagram at Petal Pickers. If you would like to ship a bouquet, with flowers grown here on our farm to anywhere in the United States in the lower 48, you can do that. We ship flowers out every Wednesday for delivery on Thursday. And those bouquets just change throughout the season, as do our flower selection. And you can check all that out at PetalPickers.com. And if you need Dahlia Tubers, those are there, there as well. So thanks for being here today, and I'll see you next time.
0: Okay, welcome back. I hope you soaked up some great bits of info there. So I've included some links in the show notes to topics that were mentioned here, including a link to Daniel's social media and the Petal Pickers website. If you're interested in attending an Ask a Flower Farmer Q&A Live, you can find them weekly on our Instagram account each Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. These sessions are normally hosted by Lisa Mason Ziegler, but we do have guest takers over such as this one periodically as well. So I encourage you to check it out. If you like what you're hearing here on the Field and Garden podcast, we'd love it if you'd tell a friend about us and leave a review for us wherever you get your podcasts. That's all for me today. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm Jessie from the Gardener's Workshop. I hope you have a great day.